Hey folks, welcome back to Stephen Runs Vegan. It's been a while, thank you very much for sticking with me. I never planned on taking such a long break, but also at the same time, I never planned on abandoning the podcast either. It's always been in the back of my mind. So for those of you who've still been interacting with me on social media and asking about what happened to the regular episodes, all that sort of thing, thank you very much. I just, the the motivation got lost for a while. I didn't have the topics really, I think, and I didn't have the... I don't know. It's hard to say. I I know I waffle on about a lot of the good things about veganism and running in this show. And I know I I say some things that probably make me sound better than I am. I don't always eat as healthy as I tell people to eat. And I don't always do the training and the running that that it may seem like I do based on how much I talk about it. And the last month or so has just been, I, I don't think I've deserved the right to tell anybody how to live their life, honestly. Because mine has been a bit quiet and it's lockdown, you know, it's getting to everybody in different ways. We've all got our struggles to deal with. A quick update from me, no news, essentially. I've been basically furloughed from my job, which is not the official stance. I still have a job, I still have a contract and I'm getting paid and I'm so lucky. But the Netherlands is on quite a strict lockdown. A lot of Europe is still on lockdown. There's not a lot of travel going on. And as a result, my job, a flight attendant... There's not a lot of work for me. So I have a lot of free time and some people would be jealous of that and would love the amount of time off that I have to do productive things, to feel busy, to feel, to finally get that project done that they're working on or whatever, you know, learn that language, do yoga every day, all of that. I haven't been doing that. That was good first lockdown. In fact, I look at my phone, my Facebook memories, my, you know, all the, the on this day last year things on my phone these days. And this time last year, I was flying. I was doing yoga every day. I was motivated and healthy and fit. And, um, you know, lockdown was a novelty then. And it was kind of more fun. You'd go to the supermarket once a week, buy all your, in, in my case, I'd buy everything I needed and to feel like I'm sheltering at home, which was basically true. And that was a year ago. So give or take a couple of reopenings here and there. I've been at home and not working much at all in Uh, over 365 days so it starts to bite and unfortunately the podcast became a victim of that so sorry if anybody's been missing their weekly dose it's a podcast it's not really that much work I talk into a microphone about things that interest me the only hard part the hardest part I suppose is tolerating my own voice back cutting out all the uh's and mm's and missteps when I talk editing all that into something clear and enjoyable hopefully so that's a bit of work but it's Fine, I I enjoy that work. It's worth it. And sometimes I'm in in the mood and motivated and I look forward to doing all of the the, the stuff involved in getting a podcast out and sometimes I don't. And that's fine. That's how how I am with with a lot of things. I know what I'm like in my life. I know how my brain works. But I'm going to have a few in reserve at all times, hopefully, just to be on the safe side and I can still get content out to you guys regardless of my schedule or my motivation and so on and so forth. So... Quick update there. Thank you very much for sticking with me. And today, you've already seen the title, so you didn't need to listen to all the rambling to know that this is a podcast about a vegan pantry and a vegan household. So I'm thinking, you want to go vegan, or you want to be a really good vegan, whatever that means to you. So what are the good things just to have around the house? The basics, the places to start, no matter what food you have, no matter what recipe you want to cook, no matter what idea you have you it this will mostly be in terms of food but i'm going to go into other things as well i want to just be able to say 
My recommendations of at all times have these things in your house. Have a pantry stocked with these simple things. Bathroom, kitchen, bedroom. There's a few. I go into a few different areas of life of what to, what you need in a vegan household. And why, basically. So like, staples are always good to have around the house. If you're not feeling, you know, you don't want to go out to the to the store to buy something fancy for a recipe or whatever, and you, you just, you want to cook something hopefully healthy, which is why it's good to have things, open a cupboard in, in your kitchen and you see a bunch of things that are there and that are always your staples and the things that you will base any meal on, really. It helps you to make healthier choices, so you're not likely to order the pizza in or fast food or anything if you've got some of these basics here that you know and love. So I might I might say something later in the show that's something that you don't like. Obviously, that's not your staple, and that's mine. Peanut butter, for example. I love peanut butter. I found a place near me that does fresh peanut butter. Literally, you can see him the, the, the peanuts in the top of the machine squeeze through, and it comes out into the jar as fresh peanut butter. We give it to you, and it's warm in your hand. It's wonderful. But if you don't like peanut butter, fine, take that off the list. But yeah, you get the idea. Just have a few, a solid stock of a few basics. And from there, you can really, that's the interesting thing. Because with just a few, you know, standards, you can cook a wide variety of dishes. Some things that are useful in so many ways, whether that's cooking or baking or whatever. It's important to know, too, that as with all the staples, I think fresh fruit and veg should always be in supply. Everything else is just secondary. So you have your staples, you have your kitchen, your, your your supplies, your stocks full of the good stuff that you would need on a regular basis that ideally doesn't go off or doesn't go off quickly. And aside from that, I think it is worth regularly getting out to get fruit and vegetables because, yeah, the fresher the better, obviously. You can freeze stuff, but whether it's really about nutrition, I don't know enough to go into the details, or if it's just about, yeah, feeling, I, I think... I can have, um, you know, I can put a frozen banana in a smoothie or I can eat a banana fresh peeled. And there's something more. It feels better to me, whether it's just placebo in my head or if it's nutritionally different. I think it is worth the inconvenience to get out and get some fresh produce at all times. And that will motivate you to actually cook it instead of throwing it away because if you see it decaying, you can think, okay, I've got to use uh, broccoli, for example. How am I going to use broccoli? And I think it's worth it for that. So the vegan staples are mostly confined to the kitchen, as I said, but obviously it's a, it's a primarily food-based thing, but veganism is about all aspects of life. And that that depends on the person. Everyone has their own limits of where to draw the line, and you need to find whatever works for you healthy because really uh, you can be perfect. you can be a perfect vegan for six months and try and do it as strictly as possible, no animal products whatsoever, research everything in detail if you're like me uh, that doesn't work i'm i am vegan i eat vegan i use vegan products when i can but you can just get into so much of the gray area and the rabbit holes that it's unsustainable it's not fun if that works for you if that's the way your mind is is wired fantastic i'm jealous but it's not mine and if i had to do it that way i wouldn't be able to continue so find your own happy medium as as with everything so I do I do also talk about bathroom cleaning cosmetic products and I'm going to give you a few links and websites later that are great helps for all of that sort of thing because if you buy cow's milk obviously it's not vegan if you buy apples they're vegan things like shampoo shower gel conditioner there's a lot of 
as I said, gray area in between, which you might not be aware of what is and isn't vegan. And these resources I list later will be a big help towards that. So let's start in the kitchen. Obviously, I've talked about food being the primary thing. So some vegan staples for the kitchen. I just have this in list form. I might go on about some and ignore others, but you can always get in touch. You can always ask me a question. Links in the show notes below, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Grains. Great place to start. Essential, hearty, heavy, good filler, full of nutrients that are good for everybody. Things like rice, pasta, etc. Grains last forever, basically. You can keep them in your own jars, hopefully reduce the waste. Grains just give any meal more substance and they fill you quicker, which you know a lot of people think, quite wrongly in my opinion, but a lot of non-vegans would think you can't really get full on a vegan diet the way you can eating meat and dairy, animal products. There's something missing. You, you throw a load of rice, a load of oats, a load of pasta, a load of some bulky grain into a meal, that will fill you up. And giving you many healthy nutrients and good stuff that honestly red meat will not give you you might feel more full after a steak but you won't feel better that's for sure aside from grains along those lines kind of is pulses and non-perishable veg so pulses are things like beans chickpeas lentils all of those things basically any sort of bean pick the pick your favorite ones and get a load of them so big bags of the dried stuff if you want to go to a lot of ethnic food stores like international cuisine supermarkets here in the netherlands will have giant bags of rice or lentils or these for 10 euro you can get two kilograms or whatever the measurements might be they're very good if you know what you like and you want to stock up and you're good at meal prep all that otherwise you could just buy the small tins the small packets so things like tins of tomatoes i find are very useful because basically that can go into so many meals and if you just have some tomato sauce tomato paste chopped whole whatever just any of those tins can really bulk up not bulk up they can really enhance a meal give it some flavor and there's a lot of variety and if you have tins of everything tins of beans tins of tomatoes six seven eight ten in the back of your press you've always got a meal you've always got a a solid variety of ingredients ready to go and the beauty is all it takes is some sauces to you know to pull it all together and in that case that's next on my list so sauces like i think of cans of coconut milk I mentioned tomato paste already, things like soy sauce, hot sauces, of which I have plenty, tahini, ketchup, oil, vinegar, lots of different types of oils and vinegar. Again, all your favorites, not just for savory dinners, but sweeteners, agave syrup, maple syrup. I have one called date syrup, which I like in smoothies. It's more thick and gloopy, but it's very good. And they all keep. So when I go with what I've got so far, you've got grains, pulses, and sauces. If you throw, like boil a pot of rice, Cook some beans to go alongside that and cover that in hot sauce and a bit of soy sauce. Simple, but for me, that's a meal. And then you've got that regular fresh veg I was telling you about that's good to always have a decent supply of. So I would cook a bowl of rice with some beans on top, hot sauce over it, and some kale or spinach or any sort of green, any good thing like that. That's a lovely dinner. That'll take 10 minutes. You can do it all in one pot if you want. And it's mostly from these staples that you have at home anyway so a quick healthy meal example there some might call it boring but honestly give me rice and beans maybe half an avocado on the side and lather it all in hot sauce i could eat that every day i honestly could and sometimes i do and again things like a bottle of hot sauce soy sauce tomato paste ketchup balsamic vinegar olive oil all these things they don't go off they'll they'll keep for years 
The same can be true for the next category of je- category of baking. Now, generally, I'm not much of a baker. I I don't like to be attentive to detail too much. I don't have all the equipment and measuring scales and so on and so forth. I like cooking willy-nilly, you know, just throwing stuff into a pot, see what happens, which doesn't really work for baking. But I have been getting into it a little bit. I did learn how to make nice vegan cinnamon rolls, thanks to a recipe from a minimalist baker. I throw that in the show notes as well, if I can remember it. Minimalist baker. But if you are into baking, again, stock up your pantry. Go to the supermarket one time, buy all of these things, and you've basically got everything you need short of the specialty ingredients. Flour, baking soda, baking powder, yeast, sugar. They're all vegan, mostly vegan, I'll say. Again, this goes into a bit of the gray area. A lot of white sugar, like the, the, the main cheapest processed white sugar. In the USA, certainly, and maybe in other places, they clean it, they filter it. I don't know what stage of the process is, but they use bone char, so like the, the remains of animal bones in making this sugar. Somehow, I don't know. Sugar, it comes from a plant, it's a sweetener, it shouldn't need bones from animals, but this is the way the the modern food industry works. So do your research, most of those baking ingredients should be vegan friendly, hopefully they're labelled. If not, you can go onto sites, I've got a great one I'm going to link in the show notes for Dutch people, Wat eet je which is basically the translation is what do you even eat, which is a thing we hear a lot as vegans, so Wat eet je I'll Click down below. So any anyone living in the Netherlands who wants to know what's vegan, this website has a whole range of products and explains why they're vegan or maybe even why not. It might say some things that aren't vegan anymore. I don't know. But it's a great one for a lot of those ingredients that you're just not sure about. You know cheese is not vegan and you know an apple is. But the, one of those in-between processed things of well, where, do, where do we draw the line? A few sites are going to be in the show notes below. But h and Vel is probably the one I go to most. Adding to our kitchen selection, nuts and seeds. Again, another thing that can be bought in bulk, stored in bulk, stored in in jars and reusable containers, and are great for a few different reasons. Snacking is always good. If I'm just in the kitchen looking around, I might just have, take a handful of walnuts or pour some pumpkin seeds into my hand and just chew on that for the next 10 minutes because it takes a while, especially when the bits get between your teeth. But that's it, like 10 seconds and I've got loads of protein and omegas and all that stuff just from a handful of nuts. If you have them around the house, you're more likely to do that. That's a good place to start. Also good for baking and cooking and other things. I use nuts in smoothies, so walnuts especially, but also things like Brazil nuts, flax seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds. I throw a lot of them in my smoothies depending on what I might need and the flavor and the texture and everything. Walnuts and Brazil nuts especially, I put one Brazil nut in my smoothie because apparently they have this oil that's something in them that's a bit toxic to humans on, on a bigger scale. So if you eat 10 in, a, in one sitting, it might not be very good for you. This is what I've heard. But apparently one, the the goodness in a, in a Brazil nut is worth it for the small doses. So I put one in my smoothies. I've heard that a couple of places and it seems to be fine. Walnuts are great. They have um, acids, fatty acids, omegas that vegans may not get in other places. So that's always good to to hedge your bets. I do have to give a special mention, a special mention for cashews. You see where I was going there. The thing with cashews is if you 
Ideally soak them overnight or even just boiling water 10-15 minutes. Get them soft, soak them, put them in a blender, put them in a food processor, a bit of water. They make this creamy sauce. They, they get thick and creamy and delicious. And if you add either sweet or savory, depending on where you're going. For example, you can make a delicious cheese for a meal or some sort of creamy spread. Cashew, bit of turmeric in there, turns it yellow. Paprika, salt, pepper, whatever flavors you might like, blend it up. You've got this creamy, cheesy sauce already. Ideally, if you throw in a bit of nutritional yeast as well, it makes it even better. I'm getting excited just thinking about it now. But cashews are great for a million recipes. You can get salad dressings made from cashew, like ranch, cashew ranch dressing. Pick your favorite flavor or your favorite thing that we wasn't that isn't vegan. Google a cashew alternative, you'll probably find it. And they are certainly quite a versatile nut. And so I've been talking about fruit and vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds and all this good stuff. I think it's also worth talking about snacks, sometimes healthy ones. You've got fruit and veg at all times. But as I said before, I don't always eat as, as well as I preach. You know, Do as I say, not as I do. You can get your nuts and seeds and your healthy stuff. In reality, I'm eating crisps or chocolate with my tea or cookies. I'm not eating... I'm not always eating the best. So, with that in mind, I like to have a couple around the house. Now, there, there is a rule that I hear from a lot of people, and while I agree with it, I don't stick to it. The rule is, just don't bring it home. If you're out and you're craving something, you buy it, and fine, chocolate, chips fast food, whatever. When you're out of, out of the house, you go to a restaurant and get your favorite thing or you want to treat yourself, by all means. But don't bring it home. That's what they say. So if you're sitting at home one night and you're craving some snacks and you don't have chips or crisps or pizza or chocolate, you don't have the thing that you really want, you're probably not going to go out and get it in the moment. You'll just think, ah, I'll have something else. And you forget about it. It's just a little... It's a little, what do you call it, like a craving, a little thing that pops up. It's not, you're not really hungry. Your body's not needing chocolate. It's just in the moment and it, it usually passes. So if you're that, if you're concerned about weight loss or eating healthy, saving money, don't buy the snacks in the supermarket and bring them home for later. For me, I don't mind. I'm fine with spending a bit more money. I'm fine with treating myself now and then. So at home, I always do have things that are non-perishables. Crisps, popcorn, some sort of sweet treats are always good. Oreos are the classic ones for vegans because they are what is called accidentally vegan. Then they're not designed to be healthy or organic or biological or anything. They're just crisps, uh, not crisps, cookies, biscuits, whatever you want to call them. They're just that. They're not. They're full of sugar. They're 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 not. They're just Oreos, and people love them. I don't love Oreos. They're fine if someone gives me some. I'm happy to eat them. But I don't get the, the, the fuss. For me, other things are Munner cookies, Munner wafers. I don't Anyone in Europe might know about these. Certainly Austria, Germany, they are in the Netherlands now. They're an Austrian wafer cookie snack. I really like them. They're too easy to eat. Chocolate digestives. You can get pure chocolate, dark chocolate digestives now. Let me see. Naked bars, cliff bars, if you want to go, go towards them. Cereal bar roots, that's, that's probably a bit healthier and a bit better for you. But I don't mind. Snacks are great. I always have snacks around the house. So, so stock up on a few of them as well, if you want to, if, it, if, if so inclined. I did reference earlier that it's good to have fresh fruit and vegetables. But let's be honest, we're not all living the, the perfect life and we always have an abundance of Mother Nature in our kitchens. Sometimes you need stuff frozen. It's great to have these things in reserve for whenever you need them. 
So things like smoothies, frozen foods are very helpful because yeah, you're you're blending it up anyway, and it makes it nice and cold. Whatever things like frozen berries, frozen bananas. So I, I always buy fresh bananas and I go through them quite often, but sometimes I have a few left over that go a bit brown and they're a bit too ripe, if you know what I mean. Everyone has their own level of preference for how when a banana should be eaten. I like it in the middle, the yellow with a couple of the dark spots coming on, like a day later than ripe, if you want to call it that. Sometimes they go too far and you think, oh, it's mush, it's kind of like black on the skin now. Take the skin off. Slice it up or just break it in half, whatever. Put them in a plastic bag. Put them in the freezer. You've got a perfect base for vegan ice cream. But uh, Frozen bananas blended, processed in a food processor make great vegan ice cream. I just put them in smoothies because they they give a sort of uh, slush puppy. What, what, what do international people call slush puppies? Hmm. Slush? You know what I mean. The, the, the crushed ice fruit sugar drinks that kids have. Bananas are a real way to sweeten up any anything you have, anything you make. And when they're frozen, they really add a nice textural treat to it as well. So that's worth a go. Bags of frozen berries, because really the, the great thing with that is blueberries, raspberry, any of those, they get picked ripe and they're immediately frozen. So technically you don't really lose a lot of nutritional value. If you buy some fresh blueberries and you don't eat them for four days, then they might be a bit soft. They might be a bit mushy. They're not the same. Usually with frozen stuff, no matter how cheap it might be, they're picked fresh from the the field, from the plant, and frozen almost straight away on site and then shipped to wherever they need to be. So you've got good nutrients there and it lasts, basically. I did hear, I've did i heard people say you've got to be worried about freezer burn. I don't really know what freezer burn is. It's one of those phrases I've heard. So keep an eye on that. Google it if you want to. Don't keep anything in your freezer forever. But bananas and berries, always great. It's also a really useful way to just avoid food waste. So you've got, you buy some fancy vegetable for a recipe, butternut squash or something that I, I don't really use. It's not in my repertoire. I don't know how to prepare it. It's going off. I used what I needed to and the rest is there, kind of unloved. Freeze it. Cut it up. Freeze it whole. That's it. You've got it forever now and you can figure out what to do with it. You can defrost it. You can cook it from frozen in some cases. There you go. So there certainly is a space in the freezer in your vegan kitchen pantry for frozen goods. And the rest, which I couldn't really categorize into any strict category, I mentioned a couple already. Peanut butter. I love peanut butter. Bread. Dip it. Slice apples in it. Dip them in. Bananas. Sometimes I just take stick my finger in the jar and that's all I need. I, I really like it. If it's for you, if it's not for you, either way. Peanut butter is good. If you're like me and you also love peanut butter, it's really good. It's filling if you want to add it into a sauce or into a smoothie. It, one thing with peanut butter, personal preference, but I think it should be the way it is. Get peanut butter. As in, go to the store, wherever you are, look at the ingredients. It should say 100% peanuts. Maybe a bit of oil, a bit of salt. But it shouldn't have sugar. It shouldn't have 10 other ingredients. Like I said, I go to this store... Uh, Noten and Lekereje on the Kronjestraat in Harlem, if they want a shout out. Right around the corner they sell fresh nuts and treats and other, a lot of cool things, but they have a fresh peanut butter machine. And in the, in the top it's just peanuts. What comes out into the jar is just peanut butter. And I think that's really much more natural, much more fresh, delicious, much more delicious. And certainly a healthier way to go. 
you do have to probably dig in with a knife and keep mixing it every now and again because it's, it's a natural product. The solids and the oil separate after a while. So keep stirring and don't leave it too long. But, ugh, pindakas. Delicious. Another one in the miscellaneous category, nutritional yeast. Or nooch, as many vegans might know. Nutritional yeast is, it looks like fish food to me. You know, those little flakes that you'd feed a goldfish as a kid. And I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how it's made. It's a byproduct or whatever. But it's this flaky stuff that you can buy and sprinkle it on your food. During cooking, afterwards it melts in. It gives this really cheesy flavor. Kind of a nutty, cheesy texture and flavor to a lot of dishes. And if you make a pasta dish and just sprinkle it on top like parmesan. It's not parmesan, obviously. But it's very similar. It's very close to it. These days you can buy vegan parmesan. You can buy all the vegan cheeses you'd like. They're all out there now. You can make them yourself even. But nutritional yeast is a great one to bulk up the cheese flavor of any dish you're making. Or just adding a certain something special to the top after it's done. It's really nice. Good to have that in reserve. And I've had some for a long time. It hasn't gone off. So it it seems to be quite non-perishable too. Other things are a bit more obvious, vegetable stock cubes, bouillon, that kind of thing, anything to make, if you're making soup, if you're making a pot of anything, really, you can't go wrong by just throwing a vegetable stock cube in there. A bit too much salt, maybe, so take care of how much you use. I, I might only use half if I'm making a dish for one, but they're very handy to have around the house. And of course, the things like spices and condiments, or your salt, pepper, Soy sauce, I mentioned earlier, whatever you like to add to your dishes. And then, of course, oregano, basil, paprika, curcuma. I'm, 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 doing, I'm getting a mental image of my cupboard now to see what I use. And I'm reading all the bottles in my head and they're all in Dutch. So I'm saying curcuma instead of turmeric. That's what I meant to say, turmeric. So whatever herbs and spices you like, they last forever as well. Get them fresh, ideally, you know, picking... From a fresh basil plant, it's going to be a lot better than using the dried basil you bought in the supermarket. But using the dried basil you bought in the supermarket on your Italian pasta dish is a lot better than not using any basil at all. So whatever you've got is great to just stock up. I will give a special mention to Kalanamak. A lot of people might not know, have never heard that phrase before. Kalanamak. K-A-L-A, first word. N-A-M-A-K. Kalanamak. It's essentially a type of salt. It's a sulfuric black salt, I think it mostly is. I have one that isn't black, but I've, I've seen it black or pink. But it's a really, it's a salt that's really high in sulfur, which gives it a very eggy texture, uh, flavor and fragrance. You open a jar of Kalanama, I can smell it, like dip your finger in, lick, lick the tip of your finger. It's a very eggy taste, which is wonderful as a vegan because you don't, obviously we don't eat eggs. And... I'm fine with not eating eggs. The, the 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 health benefits, the environmental benefits, the ethical reasons, all worth it. I don't need to go into vegan basics now. But makes a good flavor sometimes. One thing I really like to do with Kalanamak is I'll make smashed avocado, which is the new hipster way of saying guacamole, but, you know, mash an avocado with some, some chili flakes, salt and pepper, sprinkle a bit of Kalanamak on top of that and spread that on toast, on bread. It, the texture of avocado is already quite eggy, I think. quite a. It's not solid, it's not liquid, it's a bit in between. And if you sprinkle some Kalanamak salt on top of smashed avocado, you've got a delicious sandwich right there, my friend. 
And that's the kitchen. To some of you, that might sound like, yeah, obviously, I've got herbs and spices and I've got tins of beans and rice in the pantry. I don't know. Some people don't cook as much. I remember the, the days when I was a total idiot in the kitchen and when I was too embarrassed to ask anybody how to make anything. Basically, I didn't know how to chop the vegetables. I didn't know the order, how when to put them into the, the pan or the pot, all that sort of thing. So if this is a bit too basic for you, my apologies, but I want to get everybody in here and I'm sure there's some one or two little tricks in there that no one's heard yet, but that's the kitchen over and done with, essentially. I want to get on to the rest of the house now. This isn't a an exhaustive list. This isn't going to be your Bible for, for what to eat and what to buy and what not to. I'm giving a general overview. Some of the, the vegans that listen to me might know all of this and might be even more uh, educated, better people to tell you this than I am, but they don't have a podcast microphone in front of them. I do. So the rest of the house, bathroom, cleaning products, that sort of thing, this is already the next level. Like I said earlier, find your comfort zone of how perfect you want to be when it comes to vegan things. Like the sugar example. If you buy white sugar for a recipe, you don't know where it came from. Most people don't know there's animal products in sugar. And sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. So find your level again and work with that. So this is more of a list of items that might surprise you as not being vegan rather than covering everything in detail. So some of these things are very everyday things and are not always or not at all vegan in some cases. As I said, no judgment. It's up to each of us to find out what we can tolerate and what's too far for you. You don't. We don't live in a perfect world. Find your balance, find your comfort zone and go with that. The things like shampoos and conditioners, toiletry products. Many of these contain a product called lecithin, lecithin, L-E-C-I-T-H-I-N, one of those words that I've always read and never had to say out loud, lecithin, and that is a product usually taken from animal fat. It's sort of a binding thickener thing in shampoos and conditioners. So a lot of the things, no matter what fancy word it has on the front, pretty pictures of flowers or talking about zen, calm, and using ginger for blah, 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 any of those things on the front, as usual with any products, a great phrase I heard is don't, don't like bother with at all with what's on the front. That's just marketing. Look at the bits on the sides, the bits on the back, the boring stuff that they don't want your eye to be drawn to. Ignore the front, read the back. Other everyday items, such as shaving razors, like the disposable ones, but also good, better quality ones as well. That soft strip, you know, they have for, for comfort or whatever. You've got three, four or five blades and then a little strip of something. Quite often that strip is not vegan, apparently. I, I had no idea. I've been vegan for five years now and I'd never heard that one. Again, use your own judgment. If you're happy to use a razor that the soft strip has some animal product in it, I don't even know. It's up to you. Plastic bags, especially the cheaper ones, so just the... The kind of bag for life, the sturdy ones, are, are usually pretty safe. But if you buy the cheapest bag in a supermarket, a lot of the times they're not vegan. They've got animal products in them. Even LCD screens, so liquid crystal display, is that what it's called? Any TV, any laptop screen with an LCD thing. For some reason, even LCD screens have animal products in them. So it's a minefield. Again, I'll say it. Find your level. Find your comfort zone. Don't. Try to be perfect if it's too much stress for you. And unfortunately for my fellow runners out there, a lot of running shoes aren't vegan too, which is changing. I've, I, I'm 
glad to see that. I, I've been running for five years as well as being vegan for that long. The two went, went hand in hand, as some of you will know. But quite often the glue that sticks all this stuff together, all the layers of the shoe, the sole, uh, I forget, I forget the, the, the names of, I used to be much more of a running nerd and I, I'd know the different parts of a running shoe. Now I don't. But whatever sticks all them together can be from horses, typically. Unfortunately, ground up horse bones and all that horrible stuff somehow finds its way into some type of running shoes. There are a few companies that I know, Mizuno, uh, Brooks, I'm I'm aware, New Balance, Salkany. As far as I know, those companies, none of their shoes are, sorry, I should rephrase it, positive, not negative. All of their shoes are vegan. As far as I know, by default, they just don't use animal products. Do your research. There's probably more companies as well. Thankfully, now more than ever, there are great lab- there is great labeling for vegan issues and allergen information, all that sort of thing, on websites. And you'll be amazed in general with any product, running or otherwise, how many companies are willing to reply to a customer service email saying, Dear Nike, I bought your re- latest, well, whatever type of shoes you bought. Can you tell me if they're vegan? And quite often I'll see screenshots of people making these inquiries and the replies are fantastic. They're full of background information, the the, the, the supply chain of the product, the all the information about it. I don't know. Sometimes they might lie. <laughs> so if in doubt, get in touch. I'm sure they'll be happy to clarify things and hopefully you get the results that you're looking for. So I, I, I know it's, it sounds unbelievable and it sounds very unmanageable. You have to read buy a new type of shampoo you can't shave anymore because the razors aren't good the running shoes you bought are not vegan forget about all of that if it's it can be confusing it can be overwhelming certainly in the beginning focus on the food and then work your way further along if you need to if you feel like you're not doing enough but there are a few great resources out there to counter all the confusion and misinformation and marketing that companies can sometimes give i said it before for people in the netherlands Vat Echidonvel is a great site. Vat Echidonvel.nl. I think they have a nice Instagram as well. Another really useful site I love is Gewoon Vegan. Again, I know these are Dutch. Some of you will just not understand what I'm saying at all. Gewoon Vegan. As far as I know, it just has everything. <laughs> From every every major product that is sold in the supermarket in the Netherlands or toiletries or that sort of thing. Gewoon Vegan has lists and has done the work of emailing these companies shared the screenshot replies to confirm yes or no that something is or isn't vegan. Very useful site. Another one I check very often. So Valetjelanvel is also good. It's just for food. Gewoon Vegan is also for cleaning products and a a larger variety of things. Another useful site in this case specifically for drinks, as in alcoholic drinks, is Barnivore. B-A-R-N, Barnivore. A herbivore, carnivore, Barnivore is a very useful database for those who enjoy an alcoholic beverage. Beer, wine, as crazy as it seems, some of them are not often vegan. And when you think of wine, you think it's just fermented grapes. How can it not be vegan? But quite often it might be with regards to the filtration process or how they clean the equipment. Guinness, for example, had a problem for a long time. of They used uh, isinglass, which was a product that was originated from fish bladders. I know, the... the the modern food industry is so messed up these days that fish bladders were used to clean product like Guinness brewing uh, equipment. A lot of craft beer, which is my personal interest these days, is great at being vegan or not, but they're great at labeling. So Algia, my local brewery, for example, 
they they know their stuff for sure. Most of their beers are vegan. Most craft beers would be, with the exception of obviously if someone makes a milk stout or if there's lactose in it. Sometimes a lot of stouts might have a creaminess to it, which comes from lactose, but that's clearly labeled. Whereas if you think of Hmm, I don't know. The likes of a Bavaria or a Carlsberg, Amstel, Heineken, the, the standard beers, some of them are still not vegan. And if you look at the ingredients list, it will just say hops, water, barley, yeast. It, it only says the main things and then it won't talk about what goes into the production line, all that. So you've got to do your own research. I'm a little less uh, strict with alcohol. It doesn't happen anymore, but you used to go to a bar. Sometimes someone would buy me a drink. And in that case, I, 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 I would just drink it. So find your level. Barnivore is a great one. If you are curious, your favorite wine, your favorite beer, your favorite beverage, if you're wondering, yeah, is that actually vegan? Go on there, type it up. It's all color-coded, all very simple, and you can, as long as it's not too obscure, you can really find most drinks on Barnivore. It's a great one. Obviously, the main one, just look for the vegan symbol. A lot of the time, I remember as a kid and growing up, you'd hear, you'd read suitable for vegetarians on a lot of stuff. That was probably the first time I'd heard the word vegetarian. I'd read this everywhere and ask my mom, hey, what's that? But these days, it's getting a lot better. You might see suitable for vegans. Pringles, for example, they have two labels. They have suitable for vegetarians and suitable for vegans, which is lovely. Some of them just have the vegan logo, that V with the, the plant, the leaf sort of symbol which is great. More and more products are labeling vegan as they see it's a marketing benefit, not just a, an ethical thing or a clarity thing. They they know there's a lot of people like me who will buy something that is labeled vegan. With regards to cosmetics, cleaning products, etc., again, for those in the Netherlands, the Dutch store Atos. Atos, their own brands are all vegan. So if you buy hand soap, if you buy deodorant, shower gel, any of their stuff labeled ATOS, I'm told, I'm somewhat reliably informed that they are just default vegan, which is great. ATOS is like the Dutch boots for anybody who's curious. I don't know how boots are. In the UK, Superdrug, which is another sort of pharmacy ATOS style place, Superdrug labels all their home brand products as 100% cruelty free. Now that's better. That's good. It's from what I've researched, most super drug products with that label are vegan, but not all. So again, these are marketing things. 100% cruelty free doesn't always mean vegan. It's just a way of making them sound better and probably yeah, more about marketing than ethics. Excuse my cynicism. So do your research if you like. And I, I, I you can get very rabbit holy about the whole vegan question. Really. The food is the main thing. You are not eating an animal product. Ideally, you're not using animal products, leather jackets, leather furniture, that sort of thing. And from there, once you've got all of that under under wraps, once you're voting Partij for the Dieta, the elections were recently in the Netherlands. Dutch people will know there's a party for the animals, sort of an animal rights, environmental, liberal party. I'm very much a fan of them. I had a poster in the window. Sadly, I can't vote in the Netherlands. You need to be a citizen, not just a resident in government national elections i can vote in the local elections which is cool because that affects me more and i have a say in that matter i couldn't vote if i did it would have been for party for the data so i put the poster up in the window and hopefully yeah they did okay it's a small party but the netherlands has a lot of small parties and this is one of the bigger small ones if that makes sense so good for them why why was i talking <laughs> 
I didn't write a conclusion on my little notepad here. I, I just had the, the basic talking points and I forget what, what led me on to partie for the data. Yes, okay. Eat vegan, wear cruelty-free clothing, and from there you'll get into Barnivore and Chavon Vegan and Valet Chidonville and all these sort of resources, next-level vegan stuff. Then you can worry about your bathroom and your bedroom and all the products that you can change. But do that over time. Like, go vegan... Finish the the shampoo in your in your in your bathroom that's not vegan, but don't throw it away. People will disagree with me on this. To me, I would rather use a product. And my, this is my stance now. I will never knowingly buy a non-vegan product. If I have one here, I have leather boots in my in my wardrobe that I've had for eight years. Maybe they're really sturdy, great in the winter, great. They're waterproof, all that. I love them. I'm not throwing them out. I don't want to shout and hey, look at my nice new leather boots. I I don't like that they're leather now, but I, in my mind, it's a worse idea that I would just waste a good product and the, at least the the animal that was cruelly killed and used to make my shoes. I'm not. Hmm. How do I say it? Ethics. It's such a murky area. That animal is. I'm I'm appreciating it. I'm showing gratitude. If you get me this. That argument might not hold sway with a lot of people, but I'm not wasting, I'm not throwing away anything because it's not vegan. If that seems mad to you, if that's as clear as day that you don't want any animal products in your house, fine, throw it all away. But if if you're like me at all, finish your shampoo first, then look at the next one. When you need some more, then Google everything and buy a vegan one and stick with that. As always, it might seem overwhelming. It's not. You'll, you'll find your routine. You know when you go into a shop what you want to buy. You know your favorite brand of plant-based milks or you know your favorite brand of deodorant and you will learn all of these things in the vegan world as well so once you figure out the 10 options for your new type of shampoo i keep mentioning that one because the word is right in front of me here trial and error you're buying one it's vegan you don't love it it doesn't suit you whatever the fragrance you buy the next one and then you find the one you like and you're good to go and the way i am now it's so routine it's so default i go into the store i know what i can buy and i i know what i like so don't try not to get too overwhelmed because really it's trial and error. And it's a bit of a fun adventure too. When you have that awakening, whether you already are vegan, you might relate to this. If you're thinking about it, if you're kind of veggie-ish and you're, you're trying your best, go do that. I, like Go vegan for a week and enjoy the challenge because it's an adventure. It will make you look up, hmm, what, what did this include? And you'll read the ingredients and you'll go onto these websites that I'm linking below and realize I'm rambling. We'll leave it there. That's your vegan pantry, guys. So you can see, I think we all know the benefits, the simple logic of having a good, well-stocked kitchen. And if anybody needs to know, that's what I have in my vegan kitchen. I've Googled a few resources. Again, a few of the good ones I'm going to link below as to what famous vegans, the likes of No Meat Athlete and the bloggers and those big websites I like to visit. I've seen what they have. A lot of them have articles about vegan pantries. I've taken a few from here and there and compiled my list. Fairly straightforward, non-perishable food. And as time goes by, figure out all the details of the bathroom products and all the rest of the household cleaning and everything else. Find your comfort zone, as I've said probably a million times tonight. But that's it for my vegan podcast, my vegan pantry podcast. That's not it for the podcast. I said it before, I took an unscheduled break way longer than I realized, than I, than I thought it would be. 
the podcast is still going to go ahead. I, I plan on doing this indefinitely. I enjoy it. I want this to be a thing that I'm proud of in 10, 15, 20 years. Look back on my back catalogue. So thank you very much for sticking with me again. As usual, you can get in touch with me on, I said Facebook earlier, I meant to say Instagram and Twitter, at Stephen Runs Vegan on Instagram and Stephen Runs Pod on Twitter. I'm, I never remember that entirely. I think it's Stephen Runs Pod. Stephen with a PH. Again, meme lovers will know Stephen, that, that dog trying to spell Stephen with a PH. If you know, you know. You can get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram. The links are going to be below. You can email stevenrunsvegan at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys. Back in business. Take care of yourselves and each other. Have a good day. Bye-bye.